1: Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kinda Funny Games Daily for Friday, January twenty first, twenty twenty two. I'm your host, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is our Fox, GameSpot's Tamar Hussein.
0: Neither enemy nor friend, I am here for you all. Hello, Blessing. That is
1: an ominous opening. I always consider us friends. Are you telling me you're not my friend or my enemy? What do I make of you,
0: tomorrow That is a gray fox line.
1: Uh see this is why this is why you're the fox because like yeah. f- there's so many lines in metal gear you could tell me half the lines of that game i'd be like is that never that yeah, not
0: neither enemy yeah. nor friend i am back to a lacking. place where such names are meaningless
1: man but he was a friend he was a friend
0: yeah he was Free a friend fox but- was a friend in the end yeah he yeah. was but like uh, uh when that was before you knew he was fox right like it, right, it was right. before he was just ninja so he was, you a, know. He was deep throat yeah he was deep throating.
1: Throat. Girl. can we get some
0: can we get some dps in the chat
1: <laughs> throw some DPS in the chat. Throw, throw yeah,
0: some. Oh, yeah. DTS. Just get. Yeah, just type deep throat. Just start spamming deep throat, and then someone take a screenshot of it and then send it to Greg oh, and be like, yeah, "Look chat. what's happened. Look At what's happening. Look, yeah, what look what gonna look what has done." Just yeah, spam deep throat. Everyone. Let's get a screenshot. Chance, yeah,
1: mods. Is this legal? <laughs> yeah. Can we do this? Is this gonna get our account in bad standing with Twitch? I feel <laughs> what? like it, no. Yeah. You can
0: say stuff like that all the time. <laughs>
1: yeah, but like if we make if we chant deep throat, I feel like Twitch might yeah. see that and go, "What's happening over
0: there? Is it, is it illegal stuff?" Let's take someone, take a screenshot of this with the chat, and then tweet it at Greg Miller <laughs> <laughs> "Look oh, what's God. happened, hey Greg."
1: Oh God, Tam, um, how you been with the with the big news week?
0: You know, I I woke up that day that that fateful day um mm. and uh i woke up to take a shit i was like mm. oh i gotta take mm. uh, i need to like i got the 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 bubble guts
2: <laughs> it oh, was no. like five
0: five six a.m i was like oh i don't know what's going on so i'm gonna go take a quick shit obviously pulled out my th- my phone to look at what was going on and activision well, on the <laughs> being put no no i was walking to the toilet uh, wow. activision being purchased by xbox microsoft i was like all right well i gotta quickly run before i go to the toilet And uh, see if everything this is taken care of. Four hours later, blessing. I was like, I need to go to the toilet. I still need Mm. to go to the toilet. Oh no! I feel like I've been I've been living that life this week where I'm just trying to do things. I've got a preview, a feature that I need to write, which I've been trying to write for the last five days, and I have not written a single word yet. Today is the day.
1: What game is this?
0: Don't worry about it. Blink
1: twice if it rhymes with Mm -hmm. nolly nolly
0: curled it's not it's not it's not the <laughs> only world no
1: <laughs> what is blink tw- blink three don't times worry about it i can't say
0: it i can, i'm not saying it i'm not saying it elden
1: you're not ring. you're not gonna say it though you're just gonna blink remember yeah you're not if saying it's elden ring no no it's not he's not blinking his, his eyes are even wider open than they were before blink four times if it's if it rhymes with seafood mm. seafood grand I don't Burisma. think that's how rhyming works.
0: Gran <laughs> I'm
1: just like trying to. I'm going through the Rolodex of like what games are even coming out this spring.
0: You'll never get it. You'll never get it. It's like never a billion s- game. Is in the words, in the words of the Persona Four uh, theme, you'll never see it coming. Oh, it's Persona
1: um, Four Olds Smitty- Medieval Arena
0: Max. Uh, or whatever Persona, the fuck 5, it's Persona Five Sora. Persona Five is it Man. four or five you'll never see that's fine five. that's fine that's fine that's that's the five. original battle that's song five. yeah that's five yeah yeah, yeah. A I, ch- I changed it to the persona 3 battle song which is absolutely popping it is mm. the best battle song holy shit anyways
1: let me tell you i had that i was talking to greg about this uh because like he thankfully got to host games daily that day um uh and like when i when i woke up to the news it was that thing of like waking up a little bit later than i usually wake up because i wasn't hosting games daily but then also doing the thing I do, where the first thing I do is I grab my phone and I open up Twitter because I'm a broken person. And the first thing I saw was the Xbox Activision, like, logos next to each other. And I saw that and I was like, oh, certainly that's fake. And I saw that it was coming from the Xbox Twitter account. And I was like, certainly that's a fake Twitter account, even though the verified <laughs> symbols, right? Like, I, I, my brain refused to believe that it happened for like a good, I want to say 30 seconds until I just scrolled through the explore page and I was like, Nah and this is real. Like this is real. This is a wild thing.
0: It's really it's a really exciting like it's weird because there's so many nuances and so many angles to talk about it, but also it's an exciting thing that's happening. And I know we're gonna cover one perspective of it today. Um so we're gonna
1: we're gonna cover quite a few actually because this, of course, is kind of funny. Games daily and today's stories include Xbox wanting call of duty on playstation activision blizzard employees unionizing and more because this is kind of funny games daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about if you're watching live you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunnycom slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash games rearsteeth.com or you can listen later on podcast services around The exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you xcast is recording later today and it's going to be a huge episode as they dive into conversation about what activision's acquisition means for xbox you can tune into that live later today or listen when it goes up for everyone tomorrow on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe and then there's also a new episode of the kind of funny podcast but you can probably skip that one thank you to our patreon producers james davis at james davis makes blackjack and Pranksy. today we're brought to you by hello fresh <laughs> but we'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the Oprah report
0: it's
1: time for some
0: news. We have six stories baker's dozen before we get into this before we get into this I just, I've looked through the run sheet and it looks like there are zero stories in here from the number one video game website on the internet gamespot.com I'm not mad I'm just disappointed um, I will just reiterate that gamespot remains the number one, two, three, four, and five Video game website on the internet. Here's Please. the thing:
1: yeah. it's the thing of our number one news story doesn't come from a news source; it comes directly from a Twitter post, right? And so I'm, there are, there are chances for me to cite GameSpot that are being directly taken from me because mm-hmm. of one man named Phil Spencer, who decides to give the news <laughs> directly to us, uh, yesterday, later in the day after KFGD, Phil Spencer tweeted out a tweet that stopped the world, you know, set mm-hmm. the world on fire, stop the world. It, did it, a lot it of had
0: more world. impact than Kim Kardashian's ass picture. Like, oh, one l- broke the Internet. Like Kim Kardashian wishes her booty had as much power as Phil Spencer's words.
1: I saw, I saw a, a tweet this morning uh, that quote tweeted this tweet, and was like, this must be one of the most expensive tweets ever tweeted, just based on <laughs> how many lawyers this must have went through in order to actually get this statement out. Yesterday, Phil Spencer tweeted out, uh, quote, had good calls this week with leaders at Sony. I confirmed our intent to honor all existing agreements upon acquisition of Activision Blizzard and our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Sony is an important part of our industry, and we value our relationship. Tim, this is very carefully worded. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of ways to to understand what he's saying here. What Uh is your takeaway from this tweet? Uh,
0: I think it's been pretty well. I think this is a very well worded statement that creates. It's interesting because on the one hand, you can bring what you know about Xbox and its leadership to this tweet. Um, given the strides that they've made, um, especially Phil Spencer as as a figurehead within it, within the Xbox, um, and his ethos of opening up gaming and, democratize, gaming and democratizing access to it, um, including accessibility, like not being precious over franchises, reaching out across you know different uh, bridges to connect with. Who most people would consider the competition, and you know, having things like Minecraft still published everywhere, having Xbox-owned characters appear in Smash, that kind of stuff, and you could take this at face value and and say, sure, I think this is Phil Spencer being genuine in the way that he has proven himself to be, uh, and this it is what it is. They they are going to ex- honor existing agreements and keep Call of Duty on PlayStation um and they believe wholeheartedly that sony is you know an important part of the industry and the value and the relationship is valuable you could also take the more cynical approach and say like it's it's carefully worded in a way to give them some leeway where they could make some moves that are beneficial to themselves that if sony doesn't get on board with they come out looking good sony comes out looking bad and it is what it is like to my mind the the scenario that i think could play out I, i'm not saying will play out but it could be quite funny is like yeah call of duty is a game pass exclusive we are very willing to put game pass on uh playstation uh and and we that is how we want to keep um call of duty on sony platforms and if obviously sony is like oh hell no absolutely not you're not getting any of that on our platform they go we we did our part we said it was important we showed how we could get sony and we could get call of duty on sony platforms and desire desire
1: is doing a lot of heavy lifting in terms of the wording of this our desire to keep call of duty on playstation
0: exactly um and i think that is a possibility it's just a matter of how you want to i think there's enough leeway for it to go either way my hope is that it is what it is i think there's a lot of value and i think think phil spencer and the microsoft team are smart enough to know that call of duty is a big 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 bag as a multi-platform uh, product and i feel like they they're smart enough to know we just because phil also came out and talked about how it wasn't just ip that uh, it wasn't just uh, call of duty that was important it was all the ip that was in the vault um and from 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 my perspective i would think of it as all right we've got all this unused ip let's use that to bolster game pass and let's not touch call of duty call of duty is going to be a massive money maker as is let's let's invest in making it a better experience keep it multi-platform that will make us big big bank and then we can use the rest of the IPs that Activision has been squandering because they've closed studios down so they keep making toys for Bob do weird shit and or like you know they're, they're forcing everyone to be on Call of Duty. Let's, let's use those IP. let's give those to different teams and reinvest in them and use that to be the big push for kind of a. You know bolstering yes. what yeah bolstering, bolstering what the game gold, game pass the is, yeah
1: especially when you're talking about ip like tony hawk and guitar hero and crash yeah. and spyro there's a lot of stuff in there and that's just like that's just like at the top level let alone when you go deeper into all of what activision has in terms of ip which are more niche right phil spencer mentioned King's Quest the other day which I was mm-hmm. the last thing on my mind but I was like sure yeah King's Quest throw it out there. Uh, there's there's a lot you can dig into in terms of what you can do with the IP and how you can, how you can spread it around and there's a large conversation we can have about that but to bring it back to this right I want to pull a question from Grezik, who wrote in at patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can and says hey bless him Tam. So Phil Spencer made a new statement regarding the future of Call of Duty there are a lot of ways to dissect what he said but to me it feels like Phil is saying Xbox would be open to keeping Call of Duty on PlayStation if Sony made it worth their while. This also feels like a more definitive statement compared to anything that was said during the the, the the Bethesda acquisition. Do you agree or am I reading too much into this? What kind of deal could Microsoft and Sony make to do this? Could this lead to a, to a version of Game Pass, one with only Xbox first party titles, on PlayStation? Thanks for all you do, Grezik. I want to take that and I want to, I want to pivot over to a tweet. Uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of Twitter takes about mm. this as the, as is natural. Right. Uh, there's one that I saw from Tom Warren, uh, on Twitter that. I agree with right, and it kind of goes back to there are there are a lot of ways you can take this right. Uh, He tweeted yesterday there are a variety of ways you could read this tweet. Call of Duty, he bullet points this out right. First bullet point is Call of Duty will remain on PlayStation forever. Second bullet point: existing Call of Duty titles will remain on PlayStation. Third bullet point: Call of Duty will remain until contractual contracts end. Uh, Microsoft used clever language during its Bethesda acquisition too, and that is the thing here where. I, I, there's a lot of parallels between the Bethesda acquisition and this back, and, and uh, this acquisition. I remember mm-hmm. a year ago having a PS Love You episode that was diving in to a. I, I forget exactly the tweet Phil Spencer made, but it was a very similar tweet of like him trying trying his best to communicate to us how this is going to work. Trying his best to tell us that, but that's the games are going to be exclusive, but him not being able to say that directly because they don't necessarily want to say you can't get this on PlayStation because I'm sure ideally they would want these games on PlayStation. It's all about getting that deal to work between the two of them. Um, This strikes me as very similar to that, but in a way that isn't one for one, right? Because I don't, Call of Duty is not Skyrim. Call of Duty is not but like, Activision is not Bethesda. Call of Duty, we were having this conversation a couple days ago on the show as we went through the NPD reports about the top games uh, that sold last year. Call of Duty was the number one and number two best-selling game last year between Call of Duty Vanguard and Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. And I mentioned this during on Tuesday during the actual big conversation when the news first broke, right? You don't spend $68 billion and then say goodbye to Call of Duty money. You don't spend that much yeah. money and say, now start making less money. A pl- Part of the reason why Call of Duty makes so much money is because they release on all platforms and because the uh, uh, it's because of the yearly releases and all these things, right? I do think some of those things are going to change because some of those things some of those things are for the better. And we're going to get into it with the next article about why Call of Duty will probably be better as a non uh, yearly installment. But we'll get into that uh, in a sec. Call of Duty is not only super profitable for Activision it's also profitable for PlayStation in terms of the money that play the percentage of money that PlayStation makes on sales of Call of Duty on that platform Mm -hmm. PlayStation it PlayStation badly probably wants Call of Duty to stay on that platform and is probably willing to do what they need to do in order to make that happen and I'm sure they're having conversations the question is how does that pan out I don't think and this might come back to bite me in the ass in the future if I'm proven wrong and I'm fine with that I don't think Call of Duty the big titles are going to not be on PlayStation in the future. I so, do think that maybe Game Pass has come to PlayStation or maybe there has to be some kind of deal in order to make it work. But I, it's hard for me to believe that Microsoft would say no to the amount of money they would make on Call of Duty sales on PlayStation. And that PlayStation would also be like, be okay with saying goodbye to the amount of Call of Duty sales that they get on mm, the platform.
0: I think that there is a, I think the interesting kind of thought uh, experiment comes when you think about what Call of Duty is right now. Because there's two kinds of Call of Duty experiences. And I think that what we think of call as Call of Duty is not as popular as what Call of Duty currently is. So you have Mm -hmm. Call of Duty, the traditional experience, which is the the blockbuster title, which has a four hour, five hour campaign and some multiplayer portion. That's what we well, that's what we're all talking about, right? But Mm -hmm. the Call of Duty that is popular right now is Warzone. Like, there is a scenario where microsoft says hey yeah Warzone's everywhere if you want a single player call of duty experience with that classic deathmatch or like team deathmatch stuff you've got to come to xbox and that's the way it's going to be like, i think that's a way and within within that plan within this tweet wording still works like that's that's mm-hmm. true to the tweet wording i wouldn't be surprised if if like spencer and team and xbox are like yeah warzone is what it will be everywhere but the the kind of curated curated kind of like uh, narrative driven multiplayer experience and single play experience the the zombies that kind of stuff you gotta to come to games if you want that stuff and i think that you can still make a uh, hell of a lot of money from warzone alone which is available everywhere especially on multi-platform while also it's like having your eating, uh, having your cake and eating it too this yeah. with this approach i feel like um i wouldn't be surprised if that happens
1: yeah, that's that. And that's the tough thing about this is that there are so many. Uh, we are doing the Doctor Strange thing. Of, there are so many ways that this can go. I'm right there with you. That I could see the potential of. Hey, Warzone exists, and we're going to continue to support Warzone as much as possible on I, every single I, platform. I
0: desperately need a a Photoshop of uh, <laughs> Phil Spencer looking into camera and going like this.
1: Get <laughs> somebody. I don't know if you have anybody talented <laughs> enough to do this. I would love a GIF of me doing because <laughs> I mentioned I make that reference a lot of the Doctor Strange looking into yeah. all the different. If you can, if I can do this i don't oh, think it's right, how it I'm, works I'm, I'm a fucking idiot, but like like somebody somebody put that together like that you looks strange effect. you're nailing that, it you're nailing that it that's 100 it yep nobody nobody insert anything else there right yeah, nobody no, do anything do else do not
0: if you do <laughs> i know you, you, you have put that
1: out of context I, swear if to you,
0: God. I, I know you lot have been watching a hell of a lot of pino because we have been in quarantine do not do <laughs> not create any crossovers don't you insert it don't oh, you I insert said, like, it <laughs>
1: god damn it i didn't even think about that i didn't think about how you could do it that way <laughs> jesus christ uh but yeah back to the conversation right like looking at all the all the different po- possibilities i could i could also I, I could see that happening i could see it be a thing of Warzone exists on all platforms and we're gonna push Warzone as the multi-platform call of duty and we're gonna push the modern warfare and the black ops and the main call of duty uh, uh games on game pass but also to the point of having your cake and eating it too i could also be i could easily see the case of microsoft going Hey, yeah on xbox on our platforms call of duty is on game pass and that bolsters up those subscriptions and Mm. that makes that platform viable and we are still putting out 70 dollars call of duties uh, on playstation because that is also going to make us a lot of money i do think there's a call of duty is on a different level in terms of the amount of money that is that 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 flows because of that franchise and the amount of money that you can make off of put that off of having it everywhere because it's call of duty it's a game that every single year is the number one and sometimes number two best-selling game of the year um mm-hmm. to continue the call of duty conversation though i want to bring in story number two talking about what uh, call of duty could mean for yearly releases uh this is cat bailey at ign who writes an article titled call of duty could move away from annual releases according to a new report In the wake of Microsoft's blockbuster acquisition of Activision Blizzard, some Call of Duty devs are reportedly eager to move away from the annualized release schedule that has defined the series for much of its existence. In a new article that provides an overview of Activision Blizzard's internal reactions to the acquisition, Bloomberg reports that, quote, high-level employees, end quote, have discussed ditching Call of Duty's current release schedule. Currently, Activision continues to put out a new Call of Duty every year from a rotating series of studios, a strategy that has proven an awkward fit since the release of Warzone. These developers are said to feel that slowing the franchise's release cadence would please players who have grown weary of Call of Duty's steady drumbeat of releases. Bloomberg's article cites Call of Duty Vanguard's 36% sales decline in the UK, though it still managed to top 2021 sales charts. According to Bloomberg, the shift may not happen until next year or later, with this year's release, quote, expected to redeem the franchise's fortunes, end quote. <laughs> which is a very fascinating I'm... thing. I wonder what mm-hmm. that means, right? Like, what the fuck? But also, like, this goes back to what we were talking about, talking about earlier in terms of, like, Call of Duty releasing yearly what warzone means for the franchise i'm right there with the article in terms of having a yearly call of duty alongside warzone feels excessive in a way where i'm -hmm. sure there's a better way to do this where you can still make the same amount of money that you're making off call of duty
0: yeah the problem with call of duty currently that i have is firstly like redeeming the franchise's fortunes like that is the that is a phrase that in some form or another comes up every year. It's part of the mm-hmm. Call of Duty cycle at this point where every new Call of Duty is the one that is going to restore Call of Duty to its former glory, which is like, what, what are you trying to do here? It's still massive. Um, I think the, for me, the biggest problem with Call of Duty is Call of Duty has become background noise. Like it's just, like no no one really pays attention. There was a period where everyone, when Call of Duty was announced, the entire focus of the industry was on Call of Duty. You know, post Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2, Black Ops, Black Ops 2, even World at War. Since then, Call of Duty has just become background noise and the static that's drowning it out is Call of Duty. Like it itself is drowning itself out, which is wild. Like there's so much going on between Warzone and yearly releases and who is working on it that, Uh, you cannot blame people for just being disengaging from it entirely, especially when it's not like blowing uh, people away. It's not doing new and innovative stuff. It's just kind of ticking along. And I feel like it's become an uphill struggle for Call of Duty to convince Call of Duty that it's fans, that it's good these days. Like we have, you know story trailers and character trailers and with increasing like uh difficulty it's becoming harder for me anecdotally at least like every news call of duty where they're like this one's all about story i'm like ah, you said pay attention to me you're saying the same shit that he said like for the last one like it doesn't you're doing the same thing again and again i think that moving to a non-annual release is a smart idea like give these developers the time to come up with something that's genuinely interesting and will push through the noise you have Warzone Warzone can be your thing that is the drip feed of Call of Duty to keep it front and center of people's minds and and kind of like their gaming um lifestyles but give people the opportunity to kind of like shock people back with Call of Duty I think that needs to happen And now that Activision is kind of like uh, under the Microsoft and Xbox umbrella, I feel like they're going to be in a better position or Microsoft will, I hope, will look at these individual teams and be like, hey, take a little more time and do something your own. There was a time when, remember when Call of Duty felt distinct depending on who was making it, like an Infinity Ward, Call of Duty would feel different from a Treyarch, Call of Duty Dude, would feel like, was so different from a sledgehammer. I was always a
1: Black Ops person. Like that's yeah. that was my big memory of during the PS3 generation playing Modern Warfare at a friend's house and like not immediately vibing with it, and then like Black yeah. Ops One came out and being like. Oh shit, this is my and then playing Black Ops 2 and being like, oh man, like this is the yeah. shit, like playing on that yeah. ship level.
0: Now it's like that I can't I can't tell you the differences between them. Like they all feel the same. There's like stylistics. Even like the aesthetic and stylistic stuff, it's all come so close together that I don't know the difference between one Call of Duty and, and another and as based on a screenshot or a short video clip. there was a time where I could tell you exactly who was making the Call of Duty and what it was based on just like a couple of pixels of it or like a corner of a screenshot. These days, it's like it's all the same. And I think that's a big, big problem. It is the white noise. It's static. Call of Duty is its own biggest problem currently. And I feel like stepping away from the annual release, giving people breathing room and encouraging some individuality and distinction while allowing Warzone to kind of carry the franchise on a day to day basis is the right thing to do. And it will also give these poor developers a break and like recharge them creatively because you have to believe that they are sick and tired of making the same shit every year. I mean, they're doing their best, and God love them, they are like some of the games are fantastic, and within them, there's ideas and, and moments that are spectacular. But by and large, Call of Duty, one of the biggest franchises in the world, is almost entirely forgettable at this point.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what makes it feel same is the fact that there's just been such an oversaturation. You know, we've had five black ops games right you had one through four and then black ops cold war yeah. uh we've had like so we had we've had so many modern warfare's that they've rebooted modern warfare and even as i read the um the part where they said this next this year's release is expected to redeem the franchise's fortunes the first thing i thought of was all right so is it going to be modern warfare 2 is it going to be infinity war doing doing that again like it almost I, certainly yeah, yeah almost like, certainly i i think there's just been so many call of duties that especially for the the sect of the gaming audience that goes beyond Call of Duty and plays so many different games you get back to Call of Duty yeah. and it's like didn't I beyond didn't I just play this like I I I think you just have that ever ongoing cycle and that that is exacerbated heavily by Warzone uh, being a thing I think taking the the um, your foot off the gas a little bit and leaning off of yearly and going maybe every two years um but but between devs i think that would do a lot for the freshness of it and the anticipation of the next call of duty oh man it's been two years let's see what infinity ward has been working on for four years at this point let's see what mm. uh uh treyarch has been working on for for however long right let's see what even and even if you took one of them off right if you're if you're gonna go every two years a six-year development cycle would be way too long probably um you can then give raven something else right raven could make another first-person shooter if they wanted to maybe they mm. could lean into something more campaign campaign focused or maybe they can start up what could be the next call of duty style thing where it's like cool we're making our own titanfall essentially right we're making our own big first person shooter that is going to stand alongside call of duty and, like, and we and we can have that back and forth there i think there's a lot you can do with that that would yeah. would add a lot of vibrancy to your catalog and you know being a part of xbox you don't have to lean into call of duty as much as like overall microsoft because now you have call of duty you have halo and you have overwatch right and like that is just the big first for, first person most players you got
0: wolfenstein as well
1: yeah let alone the single player stuff wolfenstein doom right you have you yeah, have, you have gears if you want to bring in third person into it you have so much to, to work with in terms of these big uh, uh action shooter games that you don't you don't have to like you don't have to churn things out essentially. you don't have that doesn't have to be the yeah. option relax relax
0: i know you're gonna transition to the next story but um i just want to address something important that was mentioned in chat um go for it ryan is it, is
1: it, it about the gift? did somebody give me out already i've been no yeah, I've no, been no no refreshing Corey cudney's
0: i so far i've not seen any gifts. i, I think, think uh no. someone did threaten to make a video um which is good i've also not seen anyone tweeting uh, deep throw at greg which is deeply disappointing to me i just wanted to let ryan That's know true. that it's absolutely fine you can dip your chips into ketchup live your best life ryan
1: Wait, 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 wait! Somebody named Ryan in chat is dipping their chips in the ketchup.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's fine. I think it's good. Do it, mate.
1: Control F,
0: Ryan. Is it is, is <laughs> blessings on the hunt now? <laughs> Dip it. Is it, uh, is it Ryan
1: seven SR?
0: Yes, that is that is correct. Mm, okay, yeah. I'm gonna
1: highlight your name.
0: Ryan. He's gonna ban him. He's gonna ban him. Timeout. Oh no, Ryan. I'm sorry, Ryan, I snitched on you. There we go.
1: 600 seconds. Say goodbye for 10 <laughs> minutes, Ryan, if you ever fucking dared tell me that you Jesus dipped your Christ. chips in the ketchup. That's disgusting. Ryan,
0: do me a favor. Do me a favor. Uh, like he's, not, uh, he's
1: talking about like American. He's talking about potato chips, not I'm like. I'm talking about
0: potato chips. Yeah, oh. I think he's talking about chips. Ryan, let me teach you how to retaliate, OK? Listen, let me teach you my ways. You take pictures of those uh, chips being dipped into ketchup and you tweet them at Blessing. Just keep tweeting them.
1: Oh, Wait, constantly. please. Constantly. Do you you it, don't do dip your, your chips. Your, your french like, fries in in ketchup no french fries i do french fries okay. i do we're talking about potato chips like late oh potato
0: chip. yeah oh. that's weird i think i think you can do it i think you that's can do disgusting. it i think you can i think you can do it and you should do it that's no what I'm
1: saying. no okay? wait do, do you do this tam
0: no i don't it's absolutely disgusting
1: I had, So like, that's <laughs> the worst thing I've up. ever fucking heard. Yeah. Growing up, I had um uh, I say this like he's still not my cousin, but I have a cousin, right? That... Oh,
0: yeah, 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 I know how that is. Like yeah, your next like, door I neighbor is your cousin.
1: Uh, but I have a cousin that like uh, grew up and lived in Canada, and he came to visit one time in Illinois, and we were eating breakfast. It was like, I think we we're eating, e- it was like eggs and waffles or something, and he put ketchup on his eggs and waffles. I never I garbage. I never you, been you, you so can disgusted put it, You can put it on the ketchup. Fine. Yeah. That's fine. I I have Might a request. On the eggs? I mean I'm sorry. You can put
0: yeah, on the eggs, on the eggs is what I meant to say. <sighs>
1: No, I don't like it
0: uh, if if whoever's uh, I think it was claw claw or something like that was uh, threatening to make the video um, of take that clip of blessing doing weird things with his face and just have <laughs> chips with ketchup falling on. <laughs> oh, <yeah.
1: laughs> oh, no, that's disgusting. That's disgusting. We're going to move on because I'm, I'm, I don't want anybody to get any more ideas. Story number three. Did somebody just leave the call. Oh, my. Uh, uh, story... <laughs> that was Hello, it. Mike. That was the line. That was the line. <laughs> he was like, "I'm done with this. I can't do yeah, this." Yeah, he's anymore. like, "I can't handle this." I, I love Mike because he just hangs out in the call and like doesn't say anything, but like he's in here because he wants to listen to the show.
0: Mike, Mike is paying for a separate tier on Patreon where he gets access to live podcasts 24 hours a day. Yeah, like, it's like he right, just right, You can turn me. on the
1: Twitch and listen. He's like, "I'm just going to enter the Discord Discord call. I want I want it firsthand. I want it raw without the assets around us." He better uh, not be supporting <laughs> us on uh,
0: like, Patreon, Patreon. You know what I mean? Patreon.
1: I love it. Do you, I don't want to call anybody out. But Gary Witta the other day when we played uh, Ludo, I don't want to call on... <laughs> anybody out. Let's call Gary Witta. I don't want to call anybody out, but Gary, the Rogue One Witta who wrote After Earth, when we played Ludo in the after, uh, in the post show the other day, you know, like we put it up, and then Gary was like, "Oh, did you guys end up playing Ludo?" And I was like, "Oh, we ran out of times, so we had to do it during the post show." Let me tell me why Gary then messaged me and asked me, "Oh, how do I listen to the post show?" Oh, and I'm like. Gary, <laughs> you're on the show. We have a Patreon. And I'm, I'm sure he was like, he, basically what he was like, yeah, I wanna give me, me the link to the post show is what he wants. The thing is he's gonna for tweet the, about it and we're gonna get mm, more, you know, exposure. For the that's,
0: for the record, course, I yeah. am I am a Patreon uh yeah, you don't
1: supporter. gotta do that. You don't have to do so that. I
0: support on Patreon. I get that shit ad free. You know what I'm saying?
1: I'm I'm also a Patreon supporter because I supported for like one dollar oh back God. in back in twenty fifteen and i oh, no, fine yeah Yeah, the dollar's fine. Because the dollar used to get you, like, a whole Game Over Greggy show. And now what does it get you? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Right? I think it's your post audience, show, right? Tweet right. at Game Over Gre- Do you get a, the post show for a dollar? I have no idea. I have no clue. They say it every time. We record anything, and I've never heard it once. Yeah, chat saying you got no chat. Tweet at Tim Gettys. Where is the do- what's no, the no, give us the like you, you actually just ruined you ruined Tim's day. Just so I you know I am feeling I'm, feel, I'm feeling good today. I feel like the funny Tim's
0: day. the funny thing is like I I still listen to the episode with ads for some reason. I don't know why I do that. For <laughs> support,
1: and we appreciate it. We all do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with me
1: let's hop into the next news story before i get fired Mm -hmm. story number three raven software (laughs) qa workers unionized within activision blizzard this is nicole carpenter at polygon Quality Assurance workers at Raven Software, a subsidiary of Activision Blizzard, are unionizing with the Communication Workers of America, a.k.a. the CWA. The group, called Game Workers Alliance, is the first group of workers to form a unit under Activision Blizzard. Workers are asking the company to voluntarily recognize the union, which has the support of the supermajority of Raven Software QA workers, 78% of the eligible workers, a CWA representative told Polygon. The unit is made up of 34 members. Some Raven Software QA, Q, QA workers have been on strike since early December after Activision Blizzard did not, denied new contracts for 12 members of the QA team. The strike of several dozen workers, according to the Washington Post, has no end date, and management has not yet responded to workers' demands. Quote, today, I am proud to join with a supermajority of my fellow workers to build our union, Game Workers Alliance, uh, Raven Software QA tester Becca Egner uh, said in a news release. She continues, in the video game industry, specifically Raven QA, people are passionate about their jobs and the content they are creating. We want to make sure that the passion from these workers is accurately reflected in our workplace and the content we make. Our union is how our collective voices can be heard by leadership." End quote. According to the CWA, Activision Blizzard has not cooperated with worker, organiz- uh, worker organizers. Instead, it's quote, used surveillance in an intimidation tactics, including hiring notorious union busters to silence workers, end quote. Mm. Quote, we ask that Activision Blizzard management respect Raven QA workers by voluntarily recognizing CWA's representation without hesitation, Communications Workers of America, Secretary-Treasurer Sarah Stephens said in a statement. Uh, She finishes, quote, a collective bargaining agreement will give Raven QA employees a voice at work, improving the games they produce and making the company stronger. Voluntary recognition is the rational way forward, end quote. Tam, Mm -hmm. this is good news
0: very good news i'm extremely pro-union i belonged to a union at one point when i was working outside the games industry i was working for um london's underground system and the union was incredibly important to ensuring that we as workers had a fair say in what was happening to us and in this scenario um you know it is super super important the thing that you need to i think a lot of um effort the thing that you need to recognize is a lot of time and effort goes into tearing down the idea of unions union busting and presenting unions as something evil that are gonna ruin your situation and what they tend to do is distract you from the fact that you have little to no power as is chances are if you're somewhere like amazon for example your working conditions suck and all that happens when these 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 kind of like uh, smear campaigns go around unions is oh you can you can have this now to if you don't support this union thing um or you this union is gonna upset the delicate balance of our workplace when actually the delicate balance of the workplace is you're getting screwed you are being taken advantage of and you don't really have a lot of power or say, I think having people the people who make the things that you love, and the people who put in the hard work to do that and sacrifice their time, their their health, their family lives, their personal lives, their own interests and and exploring those so that they can create art for you having those people have some more power in the things that they can do and say and negotiate for is incredibly important and what you'll find is in these scenarios within the gaming industry for a lot of developers conditions are not great what they're asking for is the bare minimum like just the mm-hmm. bare minimum small things you know they're not asking for 50 percent revenue share in call of duty they're just asking for simple simple quality of life improvements the ability to you know speak for themselves whether that's through you know where how much time they get take off or you know how long they work how much crunch they they go through these are things that they're doing that you would consider good humans would offer other other humans as people working together that a lot of corporations don't do corporations bottom line is all that matters the the suits up top are just going to grind everyone creating into the ground the fact that there's now a union that has you know built itself uh, it, it come come to uh, existence in raven software especially within qa which qa some of the hardest working people in development and probably the least appreciated and recognized and they get put through the ringer and often are forgotten in a lot of big discussions the fact that they're doing this is incredibly important i i would implore everyone who's watching this reading this and these stories to support them and i would implore i hope that it it really, really like, it becomes a strong union. And if you're out there in game development uh, and you're thinking about doing the same, you absolutely should, 100%. Take this as a, the start of a much bigger movement. We've had smaller unions in, in different parts of the industry. Like, I wanna see unions everywhere. That is yeah. what I'm about. Like Because let me tell you, the people in power, the people with the money, they're not gonna do uh, things to help you out of the goodness of their heart. They don't give a shit. Like, never trust a corporation Even if you love that corporation to death, it doesn't matter what it is, the corporation will never look out for you. That is how you need to approach this. Unions are you and your peers, the people who are grafting with you day after day, taking the power into your own hands to give yourselves a better future. And you should support that, especially if you like games, especially if you love games, you need to support that.
1: Yep, yep, especially if you love games and you care about the people that make your games, uh, 100%. Yep. You absolutely nailed it, Tam, and I do hope that this causes ripple effects, uh, not just within Activision but within the industry as a whole. I think this is a really great starting place, uh, and it being Raven Software, again, is important because that is in Activision, right, and that hopefully you hope and you and you cross your fingers that this spreads and that you see way more of this. Tam, of course, people mm-hmm. can go to patreon.com slash games where they can get this show ad-free, maybe one day get a $1 tier over on that service. Uh, let me tell you, If you want the show ad-free, go over there. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsor.
2: This episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Sticking to your New Year's resolutions can be hard, but if you're focusing on saving money by ordering less takeout, learning to cook, or prioritizing your wellness, smashing your goals is a piece of cake with HelloFresh. HelloFresh has endless options to make cooking at home simple and enjoyable by delivering pre-portioned ingredients to your door, including farm-fresh produce that arrives within a week. HelloFresh has 50 menu and market items to choose from every single week, including some more family-friendly or gourmet. Choices. Uh, Kevin Coelho, Paula Coello, they've been loving HelloFresh. They, of course, Paula, being a vegetarian, like the options of having the vegetarian stuff, and they've been having some fantastic meals over there in their Coelho household. Go to HelloFresh.com slash kinda funny16 and use code kindoffunny 16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash kinda funny16 and use code KindaFunny16 for up to 16 free meals and three. Free gifts. Gifts.
1: Next news story, Tam, this is speaking of the culture over there at Activision Blizzard. Story number four, Blizzard Head promises to improve culture after challenging 2021. This is Jared mm-hmm. Moore at IGN. Blizzard boss Mike Ybarra has promised to improve the culture at the studio and detailed a number of measures that the company is actively taking following a challenging 2021. Ybarra publicly shared details of the positive changes that the company is said to be taking in a blog post on Blizzard's website as it looks to rebuild relationships with employees and fans across the world. In the short term, says Ivara, Blizzard's executive and management teams will be measured uh, directly against culture improvement, which means that their compensation will, quote, directly depend on our overall success in creating a safe, inclusive, and creative work environment at Blizzard, end quote. In addition to enforcing new management changes that directly benefit the studio, Yibara also says that the company will be dedicating more full-time roles and resources to improving its culture. A few of those leadership positions at the company, says Yabara, include, quote, a culture leader who will help us maintain the best aspects of what we have today and change and evolve where needed to ensure everyone brings their best self to Blizzard, a, a new organizational leader for human resources who will build trust, empower our teams, and help foster a safe, positive work environment for everyone. and then a diversity equity and inclusion leader solely focused on our pro- progress across multiple efforts in this area end quote, in order to ensure that positive changes continue at every level of the company, Ibarra says that Blizzard has tripled the size of its compliance and investigation teams and has articulated clear accountability for unacceptable behavior, which applies to all staff at the studio, including leadership and management. Ibarra also went on to state that the company has shared representation data internally, set goals around improving those metrics, and put in a place or put in place an upward feedback program so that employees can confidently evaluate management
0: tim more good news yeah this is good news again the one thing i'll say about this kind of these kind of stories is uh they tend to make people disengage from these from the subject quite Mm -hmm. quickly um that's the one thing i'm very wary of uh when it comes to good news like this you read like we all know the kind of decline of blizzard is one of the biggest stories of the last couple of years and also kind of one of the saddest stories not saddest but like Blizzard was always known to to be this like really cool place to work for a lot of people like people yeah. aspired to work at Blizzard because they produced good content and also because as far as we could tell the culture was really good like people they thrived in there and they came in and you know they were encouraged to you know be good to each other and 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 be you know a, a team a family together and over the, over the last few years it seems like that is very much not the case um and that has been happening with a lot of studios and uh the thing about these kind of stories where it's like hey we're doing this thing we're doing this thing this thing this thing this thing um great awesome that's that's cool uh happy to see that happening what tends to happen is people are like cool and then they'll move on And then that's the last we'll hear about it. The important thing I think is to keep an eye on this stuff and make sure that we are holding people like Mike um, Ibarra and and other Blizzard executives accountable and make sure that they're showing us progress and keep an eye on, you know, developers are more accessible than ever these days. You can find them on Twitter, you can find them on other social networks, and I'm sure you're probably following a lot of them, but you can get a good idea of um, kind of like whether a change is actually happening based on, you know what the comings and goings of of developers at the studio and what they're saying i think it's important for us <laughs> as an industry to keep an eye on this kind of stuff and make sure that the corporate line isn't the last the beginning and end of it if you get what I mean, like we got to make sure that we are pressing on, um, pushing on these executives to show us that the change is being made frequently. Otherwise, the next time you hear about this is the next drama where, you know, yeah. someone comes out and says, yo, it sucks at Blizzard still. And then we're going to be like, oh, what happened? It was supposed to change. Yeah. You know, they, you know, they said it was going to change, but we didn't follow up on it to show them we're going to, we're going to keep the, you know, uh, foot to the fire. And it's on us as the press as well to keep doing that. And I think, press is getting better at reporting this stuff and as much as uh, i'm asking folks in the wider gaming industry i'm telling myself and the, my peers in in journalism and, and the press to stay on their ass man like let's just keep making sure that they are they're, they're being true to what they're saying
1: yeah, 1000%. I think the thing here is that, yeah, this is not the end of the story, right? The story goes on and it is about the con- like, continually pushing toward good culture and following up and making sure that, hey, this isn't just lip service. This is a thing that is, that, that is actually happening and this is a thing that you can show the receipts for. I think it was talked about yesterday, maybe people brought up Insomniac and how like we, when uh, they released Ratchet last year about how people were vocal and saying that, hey, we did this with a good working environment, right? We did this without Heavy Crunch. We did this without the 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 type of culture you see at the at a riot or an Activision Blizzard or at a uh, UE Soft, these other companies that keep appearing in the news for uh, for bad reasons, right? Because the culture the cultures there mm. aren't supporting the workers. I, I want to see follow up. I want to, I want to see them be vocal. I want to see them be transparent about this stuff. And I think now with this big acquisition, there's probably not, this is probably the biggest opportunity that opportunity that they have for change because things are changing across. Things are going to change across the board yeah. there. I do hope they change sooner than later, because of course, this is gonna be a long process for the acquisition fully go through. And even after the acquisition, there's still going to be an uphill battle to actually get things to change and move there. But I do hope that, uh, Mikey Barra and the team there, uh, really push yeah. for this sooner than later because yeah yeah
0: not not to take away from the actual the um the intention here is i'm super happy that mike yobara and the team are acknowledging that this is an issue that needs to be tackled and they are saying that um that they are going to do it so there's you know credit where credit is due is good that you're doing that um but we will hopefully be keeping an eye on you and if you're not like you know proving yourself to be uh, honoring, honoring your words, then it's on us to make sure that we expose that. And you know, again, hold their feet to the fire for it.
1: TM, let's talk about more good news with story number five. The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask is coming to Nintendo Switch online next month. This is Jared Moore at IGN. Nintendo has announced that The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask will be the next game to feature as part of Nintendo Switch's online expansion pass service. The game is set to launch in February, but a specific release date has not yet been given. Their announcement reads, quote, Save Termina before it's met with a terrible fate. The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask comes to Nintendo Switch for, uh, comes to Nintendo, Switch for Nintendo Switch Online plus expansion pack members in February, end quote. I'm hyped for this. Uh, I, I like that. It seems like the cadence is monthly for them dropping a new game on a uh, uh, Nintendo switch online for N64. Uh, of course, like, I oh. wish it could be faster, but even still like I, I I'm hyped for that Banjo Kazooie just came out and like, I haven't touched that yet, but like, I'm excited to check that one out as well. And Majora's Mask is one that I know for many people is like a fan favorite. I don't know if it's, I don't know if I can call it a cult classic cause it's Zelda, but like in comparison to Ocarina is. and the yeah. big ones, it is, it yeah. is kind of a cult classic.
0: Um, What I was going to say is uh, time loop games are still here, baby. Uh, But um, it's a shame. Like, I know this is like looking gift horse in the mouth, but it's in the mouth. But this is it's a shame it's the N64 version and not the 3DS version, because that that 3DS version was way better. Um, But I am glad that Majora's Mask is coming out. It's one of the most interesting games in in the Zelda uh, catalog, I think. Um, I don't know if any other games really took like um, a swing like they they did here with this game. They've definitely had like um, off like very off the beaten paths. Type games like you know Spirit Tracks was very weird, and to a degree, Wind Waker was very different as well. But I think Majora's Mask still stands out as one of the most unique experiences within um, the 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 Zelda franchise. And I think there's probably quite a lot of people that haven't played it, especially in today's day and oh, age. Yeah. Like yeah, um, and like I think I don't know. It's it's worth if you have the subscription, it's a hundred percent worth checking it out. Um, and and like it's it is. I think that what you'll find is Majora's Mask is influential on the rest of the franchise in ways that are less uh, in, in subtle ways Um Ocarina is like you play Ocarina and you're like yeah I, I, can, draw par- I can draw a line from this to other Zelda's in how um, it was influential whereas Majora's Mask is the subtle stuff the nuances and there's some characterization stuff and also like smaller mechanics that are influential on the rest of the franchise and i think that's part of the fun of playing Majora's Mask where you're like oh this is this is how they built on this later but it just doesn't doesn't get as much attention as Ocarina or as something else in in the franchise
1: yeah, Majora's Mask always interested me. I I never played all the way through it. It was the one where I I had finished Ocarina, <clears throat> uh, and I I had played Ocarina late. I played Ocarina on like an on a, on a Project sixty four emulator, like mm. way after the fact, with like a, a not a mouse, but like a keyboard specifically. I played it that way, and I fucking loved it when I played it. And I immediately hopped into Majora's Mask, and it was a thing of like. I forget exactly. I think it was I, I was I started it in Twilight Princess at the same time. In Twilight Princess took precedent, and so I was like, mm. you know, I just play Twilight Princess. I'll come back to Majora's Mask later. I never went back to it, even though I probably played the first five hours of it. Uh, not even that. Maybe like the first three hours of it. Uh, but it's one that I know if I took the time. To play Majora's Mask, I'd probably absolutely love it because yeah. it has like the it has the dark energy, the dark tone to it, the fucking moon just slowly fucking fucked up looking moon slowly mm-hmm. coming down to Earth to destroy everything. I I just love I I love that visual visually. Uh and I just love that conceptually. But then also the time loop mechanic stuff always fascinated me from a game design standpoint. I always think that's a really fun thing to kind of play around with in terms of cool, like you can kind of track people's routines, you can you have to solve quests based on like where's this person at on day one versus day two that stuff always fascinated me but i never took the time to to, to get into it and so with it coming to N- nintendo switch online i kind of want to do it but also part of me is holding out hope that like you might get another remaster or something in the way mm. that we got um uh which we call it the one that came out last year skyward sword mm. the way that we got that remaster what if you got like a remaster for the switch that was based off of the 3ds version like i know that's a far like yeah you know that's far-fetched and i should probably give up that hope but like in the back of my mind i'm like just 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 wait wait on it wait on it right it's not impossible
0: yeah i i mean i think i i think you're gonna i think you would really like it like i majora's master got a lot of unique things it's got the biggest sad boy energy of all the all the um uh Zelda games you know, and also like
1: and I, I love the sad boy energy games man dude it's so, like it, over the winter break. yeah exactly yeah that's <laughs> a huge cry. sad boy
0: energy <laughs> um it's also like vaguely like it's like basically like a horror game for a lot of it because of that the certain you some characters you're like this is the most tragic game I've played in this character is like devastatingly tragic and I think you you'll really like it, and like cut to the end of the year where you're going to be doing a blessing show, and it's like the best game of twenty twenty two is uh, Majora's Mask or something. Best. Yeah, yeah, that will yeah. be you, um, a hundred percent. Um, but oh, yeah. yeah, I think I think like now's the time to play it. Like, who knows? We can't, especially when it comes to Nintendo, we can't bet on them doing anything that makes sense, like remastering Majora's Mask or uh putting the 3ds version out so just play it while is, like, you can they
1: they remastered skyward sword and it's like why that's like, like that's yeah. like that's work that you have to put into doing that because you got to figure out how to make that work on the switch you got to like they they made it so that you can play it handheld like if they did skyward sword just do Majora's mask man because no, i don't people like Majora's Mask with than skyward sword
0: at least that's You're what. going to get the internet this does. is what is going to happen. Everyone's going to be like remaster Majora's Mask. Remaster Majora's Mask. Nintendo will put out a statement saying we are listening to what fans have wanted. And then they will tease a Zelda remaster. And everyone's going to be like, hell yeah, we yeah. did it. And then you will Zelda get too. Link's crossbow training remastered. And we'll God. be like, what the fuck? Like, what why, happened? Why did why? you do this?
1: Do you have any hopes for Nintendo Switch Online for what else they can drop for uh, N64 releases? You know, we got Banjo this month, we're yeah. getting uh, uh, Majora's Mask next month. And these are games that have already been announced because they did that initial like, oh, here are the games that are coming down the line. Uh, and so we know what we might get. But is there anything that you feel like is missing from the N64 pack that you really want to get on the platform?
0: Shadow Man. <laughs> I don't remember Shadow Man. I think that was was that Is on N sixty four. I think that was on N sixty four. I'm pretty sure it might have been Dreamcast. So I might be confusing it. <laughs> Kevin, can
1: you look up Shadow Man? I, I don't. I don't think I've heard of Shadow Man. I'm pretty suck.
0: sure I played Shadow Man on N sixty four. I I'm must have. Boxer
1: right now. Acclaim.
0: Yeah, yeah yep. let's go. N sixty four. He's got. He's got him holding a skull, and he looks yes. like. Uh, he looks like malnourished Vin Diesel.
1: I was going to say Diddy Kong Racing. This man brought up Shadow Man. All right. Yeah, this is the box right here that Kevin's pulled up. Yeah, this uh, looks like an N64 game. right Yeah, here. it's
0: an n 64 ass N64. What was the WWE game on N64 that was? No Mercy. Um, no Mercy, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Wasn't there one called War- Warzone as well? Or something like that? That was good. Pokemon Stadium, is that out yet?
1: No, it's not. Dude, I would, I would go crazy for Pokemon Stadium. Like, give us, give us Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon Stadium. Stadium.
0: Stadium. Yeah, let's, let's do some Pokemon Stadium. Um, and, like, that would be pretty cool.
1: Go above and beyond with it. They would never do this, especially with, with Switch Online. But like. Castlevania oh, 64. Modern. Let's go. Oh, Castlevania. Did people like that one?
0: No, it's insanely broken. It was awful, but, uh, but uh, it, like speedrunners love it. It's one of the most It's broken to the point where it's a gold mine for speedrunning.
1: Mm, OK, OK. So- yeah, just give me Diddy Kong Racing and Jet Force Gemini and Call it a day That's all I want at this point. <laughs> Let's round out the Roper Report. report is story number six: Game developers aren't interested in NFTs and cryptocurrency. A report. You know who suggests... else isn't interested in it? Me, Tam. Say the word. What was the? What was it? No not for Tam. No not for Tam. No fucking thanks. No fucking thanks. Not for Tam. And Tam, you really are on this uh, show. Whenever there's NFT news, bro, it's I'm wild. here.
0: Anytime there's NFT news, I appear we am like, we've been NFT it.
1: free all week because this is Activision Blizzard situation. But like on the one day where there's finally a news story here, you are in front of me. So let's get into my, it. this.
0: My favorite my favorite revelation is the dude, one of the two dudes who created NFTs many, many years ago, the first iteration of NFTs came out in Rotten Arco and was like, this shit does not work and is a scam. Do not use it. And people are like, hmm, I don't know if we can trust that guy. It's like yeah. he made it. He came up with this.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's hop into it with Ed Nightingale at Eurogamer. I think a lot of developers agree with you, Tam. Uh, game developers aren't interested in NFTs and cryptocurrency, according to the latest GDC State of the Game Industry Report. NFTs have already proven divisive in the industry, with many big studios leaning into the technology despite criticism from players. However, 70% of developers asked for this survey were not interested in NFTs. Meanwhile, 72% were not interested in cryptocurrency as a payment tool. Further, the vast majority of respondents criticized the new technology for its scam potential, environmental impact, and monetization concerns. Quote, I think it's a tech looking for a purpose. People will be interested in it as a gamble to make money, but there's not enough of a public demand for it to, for it to be an actual currency, said one respondent. Quote, we should collectively agree to to ban the use of blockchain-based technologies in our industry because of their hugely negative environmental impact, said another. Another quipped, quote, I'd rather not endorse burning a rainforest down to confirm someone owns a JPEG, end quote.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It sounds like you agree with these sentiments.
0: Yeah, so I, um, and this is specifically for uh, um, gaming-related uh discussion but like i feel like it's pertinent to point out there's an article on the atlantic written by anil dash which is nfts weren't supposed to end like this and anil dash is one of the two people who basically participated in what was effectively like a a tech game jam and his whole thing was he partnered with an artist and between them they were like how can we make it so artists can on in a digital era you know earn earn money off their art and protect it and NFT is what they came up with. And I'm gonna quote from the article and and say, the, uh, read a quote from the article that speaks to NFTs as it currently is. And it is the NFT prototype we created in one night hackathon had some shortcomings. You couldn't store the actual digital artwork on a blockchain because of technical limits. Records in most blockchains are too small to hold an entire image. Many people suggested that rather than trying to shoehorn the whole artwork into the blockchain, one could just include the web address of an image or perhaps a mathematical compression of the work and use it to reference the artwork elsewhere. We took that shortcut because we were running out of time. Seven years later, all of today's popular NFT platforms still use this same shortcut. That means that when someone buys an NFT, they're not buying the actual digital artwork, they're buying a link to it. And worse, they're buying a link that in many cases lives on a website of a new startup that's likely to fail within a few years decades from now how will anyone verify whether the linked artwork is the original all common nft platforms today share this same weakness they still depend on one company staying business to verify your art they depend on old school fashioned uh, pre-blockchain internet where artwork would suddenly vanish if someone forgot to renew a domain right now nfts are built on an absolute house of cards constructed by people selling them that is all you need to know about nfts mm-hmm. currently that shit does not work it's a scam it is it makes no sense it is rich people trying to find new ways to to kind of launder their cash and artists are having their shit stolen it's just like a clusterfuck. and i'm not surprised that developers are like no thank you again we talked about this last time there will be a good use of NFTs. At some point, we'll figure it out. Some developers will figure it out and and understand, oh, this is how we can enhance what we have today with NFTs. We are not there yet right now because the place is full of grifters, scammers, thieves, and opportunists. You are not gonna get, you, you are surrounded by snake oil salesmen and you are looking for a cure for your illness. It's not gonna happen. You are just gonna get snake oil right now
1: yeah i've been based off of that right the the first respondent uh here that we had that that we read through is the one that i vibe with the most of them saying i think it is a tech looking for a purpose people will be interested in it as a game to make money but there's not enough public demand for it to be an actual currency where with where NFTs are at right now they just seem very messy and i i said this on a pre in a previous episode in, in a conversation saying that like I don't, think, I don't think the technology is inherently bad. The only thing I think is inherently bad yeah. is what it does to the environment. I think there could be promise for a te- for this to like do, for somebody to figure out how to work with them and how to make them something that is worthwhile. The thing is, none of the implementation I've seen pitched so far seems worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Any, everything regarding ownership of like game skins and everything else seems like either they understand how video games and video game development works or they're more focused on the idea and the concept of ownership as opposed to the actual like well no how is this going to work when like you know activision isn't going to talk to ubisoft so i can have the same skin in multiple games and actually have ownership of this thing and also is it fun like is this a thing that i care about as a player like is this going to make my game better i've not really seen many uh, uh um like many pitches on hey this is going to make your game fun this is going to make your your game better uh most of what i see is more so the idea of but you can own your skin. It's like, cool, but why? Why, why yeah. do I care? Why do I want to do this? Yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about it more <laughs> as the as the months yeah, go on.
0: It is. And, and like, the funniest for me, like I'm, I'm enjoying it because as someone who is like absolutely confident that I can be detached from it because it's just a, a mess. I'm enjoying it. People like there's the Twitter thing where they're like, oh, we've got hexagonal um, uh, oh, NFT yeah. things. And within minutes, everyone had a hexagonal like a hexagonal uh, what do you call it display picture because people were just screenshotting them and then putting them onto their things. and every like artists and nft owners were like twitter how, why are not you stopping this and twitter isn't stopping it because it can't be stopped it's, it's stupid concept okay and like there's a there's a there's a uh, twitter account which is like nft bros getting dunked on which i adore and it's just like i'm going through it it's just L's being handed out left right and center for people on nfts and blockchain stuff and i love it it's hilarious to me
1: i call it an nfl but it already exists you know what i mean tam i I can't wait for these nft discussions to one day stop but it seems like that's just so far away if i want to know what's coming out to mom drop shops today where would i look
0: you would look at the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday
1: Now today, we got Gravity Chase for Xbox One and PC, The Company Man for Switch, that's what they call me. But mm-hmm. the, give us a $1 tier, Tim Gettys on the Patreon. Marex Market for Switch, Baby Storm for Switch, Go Minimal for Switch, Dungeons of Shalnor for Switch, Kinduo for Switch, and then Word Game for PC, and then also Strange Horticulture for PC. What's strange mm. about it? You'll have to check out that game to find out. We got an NVIDIA GeForce update for you. Remember that we partnered with NVIDIA to keep you updated on all the latest GeForce RTX editions. your favorite games like rainbow six extraction which launches with nvidia dlss and reflex rainbow six extraction is of course out now and your experience can be enhanced using NVIDIA DLSS and NVIDIA Reflex. From optimized performance to reduced latency, gameplay is faster, smoother, and more responsive. When NVIDIA DLSS in- is enabled, performance is boosted by up to two times at 4K, allowing you to play Rainbow Six Extraction with maxed-out graphics, higher frame rates, and uncompressed image quality. Enable NVIDIA Reflex to quickly and, and easily reduce system latency by up to 27% at 4K, for GForce GTX 10 series and newer GPUs, making gameplay snappy and more responsive we have one new date for you what lies in the multiverse from untold tales comes to pc and console on march 4th uh of course Remember, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can get the show ad free uh, and you can also get in your reader mail. Uh, we had reader mail, but we're late in the show. So I'm going to save the reader mail for the post show. So tune in for Ooh. that or tune in to that uh, for some fun questions being asked. For now, I'm going to go over to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write a list of what we got wrong as we got it wrong. So you can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames and on podcast services around the globe. And it looks like people are writing in about to clarify what the costs are for our Patreon. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> um let's see, let's see. It's not you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Sure, why not? Hero fifty seven hundred says While the headlines are suggesting Raven QA has unionized, they have not held elections. Vote to unionize and will not be recognized uh, as a union until they do so. Uh and so there's that. And then Nano says Shadow Man recently came out on PS four, Xbox One, and Switch on January thirteenth <laughs> and seventeenth. In 2022? It came out like last week on modern (laughs) (laughs) consoles? Hell yeah. Whoa. Who would have thought? Let's go.
0: I'm not buying that. I want the N64 version only.
1: Um nano bring, also brings up the idea of digital game resale uh for like a good implementation of NF- nfts which i have seen thrown around is always something mm. i forget to bring because i've always wanted to bring that up on, on 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 the show that is a good idea i think that is like the one good idea i've seen about uh mm. for like nft implementation but it's also the thing of like like i, I want to read into into it more so i can actually speak about it in like a, yeah. in a in a way that i feel good about um but that if that works i do think that is a good idea yeah
0: you want to hear and, another good idea What's that to i've been thinking a lot about sean paul's song um we be burning and changing the the lyric legalize it to unionize it um Ooh, that's good so and turning it into a, a union anthem let's do this blessing
1: what happened to sean paul man
0: he's chilling he, re- he retweeted a video that i did uh, a few years ago um which was quite funny and, and that's the like last did time. you do
1: a remix of temperature
0: no, we and Lucy and I were doing a video and uh, we did a sync clap and I uh, we said, I said uh, uh, we make a clap and uh, she didn't follow up with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He,
1: he retweeted that video?
0: Oh yeah, he, oh, he was like, awesome. it was incredible. It was amazing.
1: That is awesome. Sean Paul, make more music. We need you. Yeah, awesome. man. Also, Sean Kingston, you know, where you at? Yeah, where you at? Had a great run from like 2007 to t- 2010 and then went away. I think that's it for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Uh, of course it's Friday. Next week's hosts go like this on Monday. It's me and Tim. Tuesday is Greg and Gary. Wednesday, it's me and Andy. Thursday is Greg and Tim. And on Friday, it's me and Tim. That's right. We're back at it like a bad habit. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is Rainbow Six Extraction with Greg, Mike, and Andy. If you want to catch that stream later, you can subscribe to youtube.com slash kindoffunnyplays. Remember this has been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about you have a patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games so stick around for that otherwise until next time tweet at tim gettys tell him we want that one dollars here on patreon (laughs) i'm gonna get.